Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, has Channel 9 destroyed the 60 Minutes brand by selling us fake news? Channel 7 airing less ads, but is it good business sense? And the porn scandal that's gripped the media world. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. Bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello there and welcome to TV Black Box. I'm Rob McKnight. You can find me at Rob underscore McKnight. Unless you're a troll, please go away. Sarah Monaghan <laughs> comes to us every week from a different location, it would seem. Sarah, where in the world are you today? I am an hour later, so it's 6am instead of 5am because I'm back in Florida. Yay! Yay! <laughs> She's on the boat and you can find her at Shrimp Tank on the socials. We love that. Yes, it's lovely, but uh, beware there may be thunder and lightning at some point during the podcast. Oh, brilliant. Uh, The viewers advocate Steve Mulk is here. Just search for Steve Mulk on social media. Hello, Mulk. Ahoy, hoy. (laughs) And Benjamin Norris is on Twitter as Benjamin J. Norris. Hello, Benjamin. Hey, and a quick shout out to all the people that have been trolling you this week. Uh, I hope you... (laughs) I hope you uh, fall down and knock your two front teeth out. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to our lives. (laughs) And, of course, we could never forget the man of the moment. He's always looking too elaborate that we need to do a video cast. But this week, I actually just wish he'd put something on. It's Brookie, Stephen Brook. Hello, Brookie. (laughs) So I almost called you Sprookie looking at you. I don't know why the word Sprookie came to mind. Thanks so much, Rob. You are... You're ruining my – I've got a carefully curated reputation so much so that one of our Twitter correspondents said, I bring the gravitas to this podcast. You're undermining that, Rob. Yes, but, you know, I just wondered whether you were going uh, in your birthday – well, you called it your pyjamas. All I see is a birthday suit because we are talking a porn scandal today, so I thought you were giving us a little bit of a (laughs) reenactment. By the way, Bookie, that that comment from a a listener, the best 20 bucks you ever spent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, what did he say about you, Malk? I can't quite remember that. Yeah, I, I do believe that he basically said that uh, you, you brought gravitas to a show where I'm just the, the consistent ABC sympathising whinger or something. Ah, oh, right. Well, we'll find out later on today if we ever get to the ABC. But um, I thought you thanked him very politely, Malk. So good etiquette there. Always great to have a listener. How about last <laughs> Do you remember last year we got to the end of uh, Series 3 and there was no negative comments for me on the <laughs> iTunes page? Yeah, now you haven't been with us for a week. <laughs> 
Yeah. So a quick shout out to the people that write a negative review for me every week. I call that Tuesday. Uh, I look forward to it. And, uh, yeah, sometimes I just aimlessly wander around the shopping centre reading the labels off things and just... Lie to myself and tell me that people just are jealous of my life, and that's why they write as they such are. Ben, and don't forget, you can leave a five star review at iTunes. Or they do any they of your nice podcast feeds. They offer six stars for people if I re- if I leave the show. That's pretty much what happened. People they write five five stars. I love this podcast. It used to be better when Ben wasn't on it. Thank you very much. Brutal. Oh goodness me. Well, we love all our listeners. Let's move on to the news of the week. And it was the promo that promised so much and delivered, well, nothing. Today, 60 Minutes had been promoting a tell-all interview with Carl and Jackie O. The light on 60 Minutes. I'm not his mother. The loudest voices in Australia. I thought he was a disaster. If I, I was a disaster. Kyle and Jackie O's. I don't give a f- 20 years of radio mayhem. Is it all about to end? He's crying. Why? There's, there's a condition that I've been diagnosed with that I haven't spoken to anyone about. Well, it was pretty heavy stuff, according to the promo, but when the story finally aired on Sunday night, that so-called revelation was nothing but a joke. No, He's no. crying. Oh. Why? Well, there's, there's, there's a condition that I've been diagnosed with that I haven't spoken to anyone about. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Holy moly. Oh, Why would you do Why that? Why would you do that? I've, I genuinely... Oh, don't start crying. <laughs> you had me so... You so had No, me. that is emotionally <clears throat> mean. Yeah. That was really cruel. Asshole. Oh, my God. <laughs> How do we know that what he says is real? <laughs> I know. Now I'm starting to question everything. Everything. <laughs> Sarah, promos do push the envelope. Did this one go too far? I mean, I guess they're desperate for viewers uh, at the moment. So um, if people were sucked in and watched it, then... I actually you know. have to say I disagree with you. Um, I, I used to make promos for 60 Minutes. I could never imagine making that promo uh, when I was there, and I think it's really bad for the brand. I don't know what they were trying to achieve. They literally sold us fake news. So is that the kind of brand association 60 Minutes wants? It's something I would expect from um, Today Tonight or A Current Affair, not Mm -hmm. from 60 Minutes. I don't think even A Current Affair would do this one. I've also made promos for A Current Affair and there was always truth in, yes, we pushed it, we'll say exclusive, we, you know, I I don't mind, (laughs) this is the biggest story you will ever see this year, all that kind of stuff. Hey, I've done some uh, things in promos to try and get viewers there, but there was always an understanding that there was enough truth in what you were selling that once you got them there, the viewer would not be disappointed. No viewer that tuned in for this story is going to walk away happy at what they saw. Brookie, isn't everyone who sees this story going to be disappointed? I think so. It's perfectly on brand for Kyle Sanderlands to play a big joke on the audience and on his co-host of 20 years, Jackie O., but it's definitely not on brand for 60 Minutes and it seems to be a bit of a disturbing trend. I think it was a few months ago where they had an extraordinary profile where they sort of said, we've got a story. It's the biggest story of the year. 
We can't tell you anything about it, but it's going to be big. And that was that story they did on Crown Casino. Great promo voice, Brookie. This is so good. Thank you. I wanted to watch that episode. It was it was a great story, but as uh, if it was the biggest story of the year, I think that is a bit debatable. Well, that's subjective, so that's why the promo can get away with that. You don't come away from that Crown Casino story thinking, you, you, once you see that story, you're actually not going to worry about the promo because it was a big enough investigation. The pro- problem here is it's a complete fabrication. But what I want to do, Carl spoke about this on his radio show on Monday morning. Let's have a listen. The honest truth as to why I was so able to cry, like all that breakdown stuff, so easy, was because inside I'm very sad. I'm not joking. Like that, <laughs> that, 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 that inside, inside my person, yeah, yeah, I'm very sad. Oh, but, sweetie, don't you make me cry? I don't mean to, but like, and 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 it wasn't the right forum to bring that up. So, and then I thought, oh, God, I'm crying. Like, because when you said I'm very worried about him, like, mm. a wave of emotion went through me. And then I realised, oh, shit, I'm losing control here. And, and the walls went back up. Yeah. And then so I had to I had to make up that something was wrong. So, like, as a joke. Mm. But you, there is nothing. It was nothing. real emotion. It was That's real why... emotion. That's why you didn't know what was going on. But, like, yeah, like, you, you look at me and you think, you know, yeah, well, you're a fat bastard and, then, you know, yeah, you should be sad or you've got everything. No, why yeah. would you want to be But there is a great sadness in me that I just carry around. The thing I take away from that, Brookie, is that Kyle obviously was getting emotional during an interview that he didn't want to do and he zigged and zagged to get out of it and cracked a joke. It comes down to the reporter on the day to realise something more is going on here. He's not that good an actor where he can cry and croak on cue and I think 60 Minutes have completely missed a point. And, look, I respect Carl Stefanovic. We know I've stuck up for him on the Today Show for years. But yep. I think he missed a trick here because yep. he should have followed that up and said, well, hang on, Carl, you're very serious. That wasn't acting. What's You know, he could have got to the heart of what was actually going on. I don't think Carl or Jackie O did something. I think an opportunity was missed to get a real story and they've gone for a cheap promo stunt. I think this is pathetic, really. What are your thoughts? I think it's a failure of journalism. If we, we've heard what Carl has said, Kyle has said on radio this morning, that should have been on 60 Minutes last night. Yes, 100%. So the reporter should have said, and look, they have many fine reporters who I think would have done this. But Carl can do this. Carl Stefanovics did say that was a really weird trick to play, but he didn't push Mm. it and sit down and say, mate, what is really going on? in your life, A, that you can completely fool us with that display of emotion, but B, laugh it off. Uh, I think you are deflecting from what's Mm -hmm. really going on in your life. And um, in the classic 60 Minutes tradition, here's a big hanky. Now, tell us all about it. Now, does the radio station currently have a lot more money than the TV station? I mean, maybe they paid them to do this so that they no, could bring no, it. No, 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 no. Sixty minutes. It doesn't work that way. But sixty minutes did that story because they see there's ratings in Kyle. They've been shooting that story for seven months, uh, according to Peter Ford, and he was saying seven last week. Seven months. Yeah. Well, they, which means they probably shot it seven months ago. It's been sitting on the shelf. We've gone through yeah. coronavirus and all that kind of stuff. So seven months, that's not a big deal here or well, there. Kyle is extraordinarily difficult to get. 
in front of a microphone for an interview. Yeah. He is probably the most interview-resistant celebrity I have tried. Uh, really? For exactly that reason. He doesn't want to uh, He definitely doesn't talk. like talking about himself. He doesn't like the introspection. He, his, you know, his story and rise to incredible success is well known, but he comes from a dark past and he doesn't like reliving it. He's one of those very guarded uh, media people who ironically is exposing himself every morning on the radio. Yeah. But this, none of that is actually the deal here, Malt. The deal is the fact 60 Minutes, which is a reputable current affairs program, it's meant to be the premium what every, of what every other current affairs program is judged by, uh, maybe outside of Four Corners, and they're pulling a cheap stunt like this. I think this is brand damaging. It was a missed opportunity, there is no question. I think that it it only continues to engender um, public cynicism and scepticism when we talk about current affairs uh, as being, you know, something that that would hold gravitas, would hold um, deep uh, meaning and and we know we you know we trust the network, we trust the brand. We know that when we hear there's a story coming up on sixty minutes, they're gonna get new information or to the root of the story. Not anymore. Uh, you can't well, we think that after that it. story, you cannot have any Kyle. faith in them whatsoever. The real the, look at, at the risk of being a complete, you know, bleeding heart liberal. What we saw last night was a man who has tried to fill his life with everything that he could. It's very clear that Kyle has a lot of pain, and he has worked his ass off to be number one in FM radio and done a fantastic, fantastic job for previously Southern Cross Stereo and now Kiss. To, to get them to the top of the radio ratings and has, you know, is earning megabucks for doing it. Yeah, but with and all respect, saw, that's nothing to do with the prank 60 Minutes pulled here last on Sunday night. But I think it ties in because what we saw is a man who is just hurting. And you're right, in Carl not asking him the question, they missed the real story. And the promo that we got had to make up for what was, honestly, otherwise a puff piece with Kyle looking like he was a jerk. Mm. All right, the battle between TV broadcasters and print against the tech giants could soon take a dramatic turn. The ABC reports the results of an ACCC investigation could ultimately lead to no news results showing up when you search for a topic on Google or Facebook. A new mandatory code of conduct could offer a new business model for media companies struggling in the wake of falling advertising revenues and the COVID-19 economic shutdown. Nine chairman Peter Costello believes Google and Facebook should pay news media businesses $600 million or 10% of the $6 billion they make a year in local advertising revenue. That figure is based on Mr Costello's estimates of how much Google and Facebook benefit from news content and searches. Brookie, I've got to say I'm a little confused on this issue. When I search for something on Google, I get a list of websites and pages. Then if I click the link, I'm taken to the publisher's website. So what exactly is the issue here? Google aren't republishing those articles in full, so I actually don't understand the issue. Well, I'm glad you've asked that, Robert. Why don't you pull up a chair? I'll explain <laughs> what is going give on. Give me the dumb. Give me the. Give me the thirty-second dumbed-down version. Honey, it's not thirty seconds. It's going to be ninety minutes. You realise how complicated this thing is. This is Welcome a titanic struggle between old media, News Corp, and Nine, the journalism producers, which are bleeding, uh, but they have the political influence to get the government on side. 
and Facebook and Google, which have all the money via advertising, they've sucked out of not just mainstream media, but other sites like BuzzFeed, Vice, Huffington Post, they've all come and gone because they can't sustain a business in Australia. You are right, Robert, in the fact that you search for something and you click and you get taken to the website. Uh, Facebook argues similarly. They put up content from publishers, which interests people who are users of Facebook, and you go on that, and that's a net benefit to the news companies. But the ACCC has decided there's a significant imbalance between news media and the digital platforms. So in internet searches or social media, Google and Facebook are so dominant that they are unavoidable trading partners. If you want to be online, if you've got a website, you cannot avoid them. So True. it's not just about the sites, but it's about ad exchanges. It's about ads that appear on your own website, and that's a service often supplied by the tech giants. Or it's also about you paying to advertise on these platforms. Now, your point about content coming up and you clicking on that and going to a new site is right up to a point. But my answer to you is snippets. So snippets are a technique that Google use where they put up the answer to your question. Say I search online for what year did Ben Norris win Big Brother? Oh, 2012. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I just thought I'd okay. thought I'd contribute something to the podcast. <laughs> We've got Ben here, so we don't need to Google it. But if we Googled that, the answer would come up on Google uh, with a whole list of stories relevant to Ben, but we wouldn't have to leave Google to look at it because it would give us a bio of Ben. It would explain the year that he won Big Brother. Sure. So... That is a way that Google uses to keep you within the ecosystem. Why this is important is got to do with data. So every time we look for something online or join a Facebook group or search for a news event, the platforms are finding more and more information about us, and therefore they're better understanding what ads they should serve up to us. We've all had those stories where you're talking about something like colourful socks, in the office or whatever, and suddenly you go onto Facebook or you go onto Google and, hey, presto, there's all these uh, images for advertising that's mm -hmm. relevant to what you've just been talking about. So news companies argue that the platforms have been taking advantage of people who've been searching for their news content, and every time that happens, the tech giants are getting an unfair advantage because they're getting all the data and they can target brilliantly ads that are relevant to people like us and news sure. organizations with provided all that content that gets us online but what's that got to do with the content these publishers are making and how google uh you know like those publishers are still free to make money from that through advertising how? so how? all the advertising's moved online it's about it's about the data they have intimate profiles of all of us so they know what ads to serve up before we even go and click on a news story and the platforms can't compete. 
I understand that, but I guess, you know, like, Ben, if I ask you, if, if they took away all the news results outside of your media commitments, you know, you're doing your breakfast program on Ticker and you're doing the Ben Robin Robbo show, if you took that away and you weren't having to chase news, if you're searching on Google and no news results come up, will you go and to each and individual, like the SMH, the Age, the... Uh, Sunday Telegraph, the the Herald Sun, Perth Now, would you go to these websites and look at their content or do you go to those websites when you've done a search and then go through to those websites when you're looking for a specific story? Well, I think there needs to be a better way of doing all of this. I mean, the money needs to be divvied up fairly. I don't think anyone's going to become a registered member to any of those sites they're just following one story like I remember once I was in Perth Get Out magazine I think it was a gay press uh, thing and when I looked them up I had to be the, become a member and then I did what most people I guess do these days and ask someone that's from Perth to screen grab that story of they're a member <laughs> you know there's ways in which that you know life finds a way Dr Ian Malcolm says in Jurassic Park and that's exactly how people act when it comes to the information that they require. I don't think it's fair or reasonable to believe that everyone's going to register to all of these different publications. And most people don't read the news anymore anyway. You look at people who simply read a headline, you know, look at Facebook at the comments underneath a news article and everyone's like, oh, I bet blah, blah, blah. And it's like, did you even open the article and read it? Because they don't. Oh, I'm 100% with you. And the whole thing now with like with the the Google snippets is it, say you're like we were watching some awful mm. show yesterday where it was talking like there was some weird incest thing and the mother was talking about masturbating a cat and we're like what? <laughs> and so then Fox like News. we were googling it and it's like it, it, you know how it did, does the drop down. You never want to Google questions. that. <laughs> no, you don't. And Reddit finally had the answer. But um, it's like there's all these weird Google drop-down things that take you on this whole rabbit hole of questions and you never you never leave Google because you're just looking at all these random question and answers that they've ripped down from some news site. But now you don't have to actually go to the news. Google are also a news publisher in that they aggregate news and publish their own news feed in, I think it's news.google.com. Um, so there are a whole bunch of people that, and people use that feed to feed into, like AAP, feed into their stuff. So there's a whole bunch of benefits to Google and obviously to Facebook around them just picking what up about, and lifting that content. Just a question for you, Brookie. Like, I'm trying to work out a way in which this can now operate. What happens if there was packages for Google? So let's just say if you're buying a Supreme package of Google, that means that you get more access to different publications. And that, in turn would then separate the money back to those publications. So let's just say... uh, Isn't there a much easier situation here? Like a a much easier way of doing this is Google and Facebook have an opt-out. So any website or publisher that doesn't want to be included in their results can click that button and opt-out so that when I search for Mm. a story... Nothing from News Corp, nothing from Nine will come up in those search results because those two companies have opted out. You can, they then... but as the ACCC ruled, it's impossible to be on the web and not do business mm. with Google and Facebook because the alternatives are just so few. So, Ben, that is... But then what's the... Once again, I don't understand the problem because these publishers are using them. I mean, I know for a fact these companies have SEO experts to try and get their stories to the top of Google search engines when you search for a topic. So I I, I feel like this is trying to have their cake and eat it too. They are buying the search terms. 
You can buy. No, no, no. Uh, we've got no. They've got SEO experts that are working. Yes, they do. But one way to do that is to buy the search terms. Uh, of course, but let's take that out for a moment. These SEO experts are looking at doing it for free, working ways on getting to the top of those search results for free. You're trying to, um, yeah. you know, you're trying. You're talking about something that you don't think is fair, which I think is is fair is fine. But getting back to that question to you, Brookie, does that system sound like, or can you please help me because you're much smarter than I am? Um, go down the rabbit hole on how that system could work. Well, one of the one of the things they are one of the systems it would be similar to what they have with YouTube or Spotify that if you click on the article, then you get paid for clicking on that article. There's an idea that you have a central fund so that Google and Facebook set up a fund that is a pool of money and then depending on what is popular on the web or what articles are clicked on the most, then uh, the, the fund is divided up between the various publishers, a bit like the copyright agency and for journalists. So journalists mm. get a payment from the copyright agency, which is when people photocopy their article or copy it for academic use, for, for instance, and that is all monitored. Or on the radio, when uh, people play music that belongs to a particular artist, uh, yeah, absolutely. Then there are, there's a central body that decides how much money those artists get, a performing rights association. So there's some of the models being looked at. And part of the challenge that we face, quite honestly, is that the government can't convince them to pay tax in this country, let alone get them to pay play fair with our media companies. Fair point. All right, there's been a lot of Big Brother news this week as four, news house, as four new housemates were officially released by Channel 7. Of course, there's been a bit of controversy around housemate Chad after our very own Ben Robin Robbo show uncovered some pictures from his former <laughs> career. Chad has done his fair share of nude pictures. But these go further than nudes. They are pornographic in nature. Sarah, I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but do you think this kind of controversy is damaging for Channel 7, the Big Brother brand, or is it just good publicity? Uh, I mean, is all publicity good publicity? Um, Depends what you're aiming for, isn't it? And uh, it seems like they are trying to go for a different kind of feel on Big Brother this year, so maybe this ties into it's going to be a more adult show. Or maybe they just didn't do. No, some... seven want family friendly. Oh, maybe, maybe they just didn't do a very good background check. Then, I mean, it, it's interesting <laughs> that it's a dude this time instead of a woman in a pornographic scandal. So that's. I know where is all the full frontal male nudity? There needs to be more of it. <laughs> I mean, he looked lovely. I did see the pictures at five thirty in the morning. So. Um... I've had to look through one too many pictures. I've got to say, oh, going for this story. I offered and no one it was took so up. so funny when I was sending them to Rob. I'm like, I was in the bath, by the way, and uh, all of a sudden I've been given, you know, access to all these naked photos of Chad. Did you get the uncensored I've... ones? Oh, I got the uncensored ones. Yeah. And I was like, you know, and I got videos. And I, I yeah, that, look, I managed to see some uh, pretty outrageous content. But then I messaged Rob and said, hey, Rob, um, Chad's done porn. And he wrote back, oh, oh, yeah, and then, like, asked me what sort of porn. And then when he realised there was probably nothing for a minute personally, he was like, oh, well, go on, send me the photos. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) And I was like, all right. So then I sent, I think more to the point, though, Rob, you were just trying to prove whether or not these photos were legitimate. I think that was the, I don't think you're interested in his erect penis at that point. But then I did end up sending you uh, quite a lot of, a lot of penis um, and... 
And I don't, one of them may have been robbed. I mean, Ben's. No, because this was my point, and that is that, you know, I've been on reality television and I think people would probably, I don't know, maybe it's because I don't, I'm not that product, I can't sell this, but my dick's not on the internet. I haven't, when I went on Big Brother, I didn't worry about people sending my dick around. I'd not done gay porn and not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, maybe if I'd been born like an Adonis, like... Chad, I'd be. Is you know, he born like? Oh, yeah, I'm not going to go down that path. Well, you know what I mean. Look, he's obviously happy with his body, and people are happy to pay him to see him naked. They're certainly not offering me that kind of cash, so I can't even go down that road. But I think at the end of the day, when it comes to Big Brother, I guarantee you, he's not the only person with skeletons in their closet. It's a fact of life. These days, we have HD, 4K cameras and our phone and when we take photos of our bits and pieces and send them to our loved ones or people that we want to send them to that is just the way life is at the moment and it is funny a lot of people came back saying this isn't a big deal he did what he did and look I've got no problem with what he did my take on this story is that I just the fact that Endemol Shine and Seven didn't know what he had done but these days, it's like, is porn really that bad today? I mean, maybe in the 80s it was bad, even in the 90s. But Oh, it's certainly not as bad anymore and it's accepted. And, you know, he's a consenting adult and there's really nothing wrong with that point of view. But Seven is the Roachchook family network and that's why this plays against their brand and they are going for a family-friendly version of Big Brother um, and that's why this just doesn't play well for that. But, you know, I hope they don't minimise the guy. I think he deserves every chance. Um, you know, I hope they don't cut him out of the edit. In the edit, edit I hope they don't cut him out in the editing process. Um, you know, it is what it is. But this is the thing. And, like, reality television and television is one thing. But, like, let's talk about what other people do for work. You know, Brookie, do you think that your job would be hindered if naked photos or porn had been leaked? Do you think that would stop your career from progressing? It's just a different time now. We have these sorts of scandals appearing every month, almost on cue with footballers. So in general, I thought the story, I've not seen the pictures, so I can't vouch for the classification of them. But it's Sending to them now. No, <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> it didn't seem to be that big a deal playing out in the media ecosystem. And I think people are just inured, like Sarah said, that kind of happens. We live in a social media environment. Politicians have been known to mistakenly send pictures of themselves uh, which have leaked, uh, which can cause career problems for them. For a Big Brother contestant, I don't think so somehow. No, but I then agree. what about for a woman? Like, Sarah, do you think that if you had taken photos of yourself in the in the nudie and you'd sent it off to someone and it somehow got leaked online just before you turned up on I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, do you think that would hinder your career? I mean, it worked for Kim Kardashian. Uh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, women, women do that on purpose, don't they? I mean, that's how they get half their careers. So maybe men are just trying to, you know, catch up. <laughs> and the last one it worked for. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, there was lots of other people afterwards that tried to stage, you know, their own home porn uh, to move their career forward. And I think it worked for Kim Kardashian because Kris Jenner, which sounds really sick and wrong, you know, is a really good mummager who managed to promote that and get that to a certain place. You know, I think for the average Joe just um, sucking someone's dick on the internet, I don't think that's going to get your career going. (laughs) Okay. Given that Big Brother survived what became known as the turkey slapping incident, 
This seems pretty... Which was never broadcast. This seems pretty small beer compared to that. Mm. It was only ever streamed at one o'clock in the morning when they had live streams. It was never actually broadcast. That is a classic case of the headline running the narrative rather than the actual story. Let's move on. But it was live streamed. I mean, it wasn't broadcast on free-to-air television, but it was live streamed. It's too yes, dark to see the But the, the internet doesn't have any classification issues. Sure. After 18 months of planning and strategic negotiation, Foxtel this week launched its highly anticipated new streaming service, Binge. Binge will offer more than 10,000 hours of local and international content at launch, including premium drama, lifestyle and reality series and movies. It's expected this content library will expand to 20,000 hours within 12 months. Mark, you are all across this story. Is it any good? Look, it's certainly here, and if you are someone that doesn't want to have to pay for, you know, satellite-driven Foxtel or even Foxtel now, and you're not a sports fan, you're getting the rest of Foxtel for 10 bucks a month. Like, that's a pretty compelling argument, a pretty mm. compelling story. The interface works well. It's been uh, effectively road-tested as KO. It's a copy-paste uh, with new colours and badging and, and obviously content rolling into it, but it works Exactly the same. In fact, when you go to sign up, if you've already got a KO account, it wants you to log in with that one to start with. So it's pretty above board and simple in that regard. I've loaded it up on my phone and on my TV and on my laptop, and I had a a really easy experience in doing it, and everything worked. It rolled stuff out to me. It looked to be in high definition um, because I'm on the the two streams uh, 14-buck package. and it looks seemed to go well. I know that this was rushed to market by Foxtel because there were a few teething problems today. Now, no, I, I suspect they've managed to work through most of them. Oh, look, most of it was user interface stuff where, um, you know, someone would, and there would have been an influx of people trying to get onto it when they eventually opened the doors at a bit after 10 o'clock this morning. Thanks very much. Um which in itself was surprising, like arbitrary time, but no time telling you when we're opening. Um, There were some issues with um, streams not working. There is still an issue per se in finding the linear channels. Just keep scrolling to the bottom, people. They are there. Um, But, like, you've got full access to all of those. Oh, really? So you can watch Foxtel Live? Yeah, you can jump onto the Foxtel channels, Fox One, um, Discovery, all of the ones that are there. They just right down the bottom to find them. You do get to them. You can see it all, and it streams fine. Oh, wow. Like, happy days. And also, at one point, if you want to connect up your Android TV, when you open the app, it says go to this screen to activate it, and down the bottom it said use your Aries password. Now, this is the Project mm. Aries um, <laughs> that was coming. So just at launch, they missed a couple of things. Yep. That's all been fixed now. Um, and, and, look, when the next Game of Thrones comes along, this will be a yeah. market killer. And that's because great to bucks, that content watch, deal with HBO, of course. Yeah, or 14 bucks if you want to watch it in HD because even at its best, you weren't getting Foxtel now for 14 bucks a month mm. when Game of Thrones was running. Fantastic. So it's a, it's a good solution. The question that is going to have to sit in the market is, is there the value for, at, at particularly at this pressured time when it comes to our cash, 
is it going to stack up against Netflix, Stan, and Amazon Video and Disney Plus? Yeah. Right? There's now those five players when you throw in Binge as to how all of your money is going to get spent. And if you buy that sort of tier two HD level on those that offer it, given that Prime Video and Disney Plus don't offer that, you're really looking about 50 something bucks a month. Monk, did you know Australia actually has a free streaming alternative? Beamer Film is a movie streaming service featuring hundreds of Aussie and independent films, award-winning documentaries and festival favourites, and it's free for the 10 million-plus Australians who are members of participating local libraries. Brookie, you've been using this service. Tell me about it. Well, it was pretty easy, A, to register and then B, to use. I am, in news that will surprise no one, a member of my local library (laughs) in the city of Sydney, uh, so you jump onto Beamer Films on the app or the site, select uh, what library you're a member of, put in your library number, and then you're away. You can pay for the service if you don't have a library card. It's quite heavy on documentaries upmarket. There's the Buena Vista Social Club, Whitney documentary that was got a bit of a claim a few years back. Janis Joplin, Michael Hutchins, quite a lot of art house, historic films, Metropolis. Eight and a half. One of the things that uh, interested me was a large amount of Australian content. So they have things like Break Morant, Walkabout, Chant of Jimmy Blacksmith, mainly films and documentaries, Sweet Country by Warwick Thornton. I'm going on a bit of a Warwick Thornton binge at the moment for reasons. Who will be on the Ben, Rob and Robert show on Thursday. I'll throw a quick plug in there. Yes, and we're also going to be group binging uh, his new show in an upcoming episode. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is designed, I think, local libraries obviously have got a lot of DVD collections that are ageing and have difficulty uh, renewing and keeping that collection fresh. Uh, Here's a way that they can allow their members to update their viewing content without having to worry about the expense of getting in new physical DVDs. Fabulous. Sounds like a great service. Meanwhile, Seven has announced it will reduce advertising content and break length across its broadcast and digital channels in a move it claims leads to proven cut-through. TV Tonight reports the change will coincide with the launch of Big Brother in June, expanding to drama and movie programming. The network already adopts a reduced ad load during live sport, news and public affairs. Ben, less commercials are a good thing for viewers, of course, but do you think advertisers will pay more for less clutter? Well, I don't necessarily know if that's true. I think it's all going to come down to, you know, whether the programming is bringing in the viewers. Like, I don't necessarily think more viewers are going to tune into Channel 7 because there is less ads. Mm -hmm. And I don't think advertisers are going to spend more money thinking that they're getting a a better cut through, Mm -hmm. cut through, you know. I think that's that's just common sense. The, uh, the the devil is in the detail when it comes to this because while, and full credit to Seven, this is something that they're trying to, to draw eyes back to prime time, that early evening to movies, those sorts of things, by having, you know, more sort of focused ad breaks, less shorter ad breaks, um, means that, you know, people are less interrupted and they get to see, you know, the meat in the sandwich that they actually want to see. The problem is that they are supplementing this by pop-ups and on-screen promos and all sorts Ah. of little worrisome widgets that will appear on your screens that are distracting as fuck. I will go for a a three-and-a-half, four-minute ad break every day 
over shit appearing mm-hmm. on my screen telling me about when the next episode of whatever the hell it is is on. I hate that. That is a stupid idea. They do that on those, like, you'd be watching it, you'd be in the middle of a really good conversation between contestants on the 2013 and 2014 Big Brother on Channel 9, and all of a sudden... You know, Kate and Husey would pop up on a little interactive thing. It's like, make sure you tune in tomorrow yep. to, to hear more of this conversation. I'm like, I don't want to hear about that. I'm involved right now. <laughs> You've taken me out of the moment. Yes. And, and look, you can get away with it on reality TV, but I think it's a big issue when you're doing it on movies. That's, that just takes you out of the moment completely. Especially when you're trying to record the movie in the old days and now you've got to, you know, every time you Pausing watch the movie back, yeah, there's some yeah. pop-up. I can remember a very traumatic prison scene involving Nicole Kidman in Bangkok Hilton. So we're mm-hmm. going back a while. Uh, I think she had. I think she was in st- in stirrups having an invasive body search for drugs, and they showed the lot of results. Geez, that was the first kind of pop-up But people wanted that pop-up Because they wanted to know the lotto results Hey, now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches with Sarah Thanks, Rob In surprising news, Ten has announced Family Feud is coming back For a series of primetime specials The specials will give frontline workers The chance to win (laughs) $100,000 Channel 10 is on the hunt for a chief operations and commercial officer for Network 10, which is a newly created role. The AFR reports Beverly McGarvey will remain as chief content officer and executive vice president across Australia and New Zealand, and the new chief operations and commercial officer will run the other side of the business outside of content. You could run for that, couldn't you, Rob? (laughs) Don't encourage me. I'm sure 10 are desperate to get me back. A television commercial featuring comedian Celeste Barber sitting in a fridge has been found to be in breach of ad standards rules because of the risk that children might copy. Mumbrella reports one complainant pointed out that there have been fatal accidents involving children locking themselves in old fridges. And that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Thank you, Sarah. Coming up, Mog will have his programming wrap and... Ben oh, is opening the I'm TV sorry. Black Vault, and I am going to do so that sorry. sound effect each and every time. TV Black Box. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. These interviews are a little different. Let's go for it. Let's cut some throats. And they are very, (laughs) very honest. And I do believe that that was the real beginning of us breaking up. It's a celebration of media with tall tales you have to hear to believe. Simon used to fly up into a rage. Join media executive Rob McKnight for a brand new podcast where you never know what will be revealed next. McKnight Tonight, part of the TV Black Box podcast feed. And 
guess what? There's a brand new edition of McKnight Tonight coming to your podcast feed. In fact, the very feed you listen to TV Black Box on. This week, an exclusive Adam Boland, the Sunrise Wonderkind, comes out of his five-year media silence for an exclusive interview about his brand new project that he's working on. He is back in the television world, and I have the exclusive on that. And you'll also find out what he thinks of the state of play on television at the moment. But, Brookie, what's happening in TV Binge Box this week when it drops on Thursday? Rob, how did you persuade the notoriously reticent Adam Boland to spill (laughs) all in a podcasting interview? What a great question. Uh, I think he probably felt he owed me a couple, <laughs> to be honest. Well, what a way to cash it in. Give Robert an interview. Okay. In, uh, in uh, news that can in no way compare to that on our humble little TV reviewing <laughs> podcast, TV binge box, The Happy Game. Which had a great quiz last week that I was so jealous wasn't on TV Black Box. But I know what your love is. You will get your turn. You will get your turn. Did you answer any questions correctly? Oh, yeah. I I easily got the Doctor Who one. I even got the um, call sign for ABC. And there were a few others along the way. I'm not sure that I would have won, but I was was in there. I was doing all right. No, I'm confident you wouldn't have won, uh, McKnight. Positive. Oh, Probably. It was very evenly poised. Anyway, uh, go and listen to that uh, or listen to our upcoming episode where you're going to be up to the minute on the just about to drop Netflix special Hannah Gadsby Douglas. Uh, The show has been on actually in Sydney and Melbourne and again received rave reviews. Hasn't been exposed to the worldwide TV audience. All of that is changing this week and we'll let you know what we think that's coming up on TV Binge Box. Thank you very much. I also enjoyed the reviews of um, uh, Normal People, which forced me to go and watch it, and I am loving it. haven't finished it yet, but I'm really, really loving that show. Anyway, it's time for the programming wrap with Mulkey. Hello, friends. We are at an interesting juncture in the year. Here we are at week 22 of, uh, you know, where we're facing um, down in the year. We've got ratings coming out, our assholes. Uh, and so we get to talk about exactly what's going on because let me tell you, there's some interesting things afoot. Uh, I need to say up front that all of the numbers I'm about to quote are five city metro overnights only. Take that for what it's worth. Now, for those that were playing at home and paid attention, Lego Masters finished last week with $1.219 million for the finale and $1.462 million viewers for the winner-announced segment. That are, wow. They are pretty monster numbers for the series and for Nine, helping them to a solid win for the primetime week. Those finale numbers were down only a smidge, like less than 30,000 below the 2019 finale. So they have managed to, dare I say it, have lightning strike in that bottle twice um, with Lego Masters. And so you can guarantee it'll be back for season three. No question there. With Lego Masters finishing, The Voice Australia kicked off last night too. Look, good ratings for 2020, but at 1.012 million, it tied with the 2019 premiere, which has been the lowest in the series run. If The Voice maintains above a million viewers, Five City Metro, it will certainly win its time slot, though it will be unlikely enough that it will help Nine win the week because there's no question with the sport coming back and Seven News performing as strongly it is and the AFL back what week next week or the week after, 
Seven are just so keen to see those numbers land as nine are for the NRL this week. MasterChef has continued a solid run for 10, nothing below 898,000 in the last week. And it's consistently challenging for that number one spot and could even overtake the voice for mine, particularly once it gets past the best part of the voice, which is the blind auditions. Uh, When they move into all of the rest of it, I mean, sure, whatever. And MasterChef could be, they're ready to step up. Um, It's a shame for 10 that nothing else at night is gathering any interest through the week other than have you been paying attention. It's just ratings void from, you know, the end of their news, which is technically six o'clock there. There's that half an hour that barely rates a smidge um, other than MasterChef through to close a business at midnight. Malk, don't you think it would be really interesting to see when you think back to 2013, 2014, Channel Mm -hmm. 9 had the rights to Big Brother, but they also had The Voice and they loved The Voice and put all their eggs in that basket. They were just more obsessed with that. Wouldn't it be interesting to see now Big Brother go head-to-head with The Voice and see Big Brother do bigger numbers? Because I think it's possible. Yeah, well, look, we are about to see that happen and that will be a very interesting scenario. With house rules chugging along in the early 600s, Ben, it's not really making any impact and Seven are rushing it to finish as they have announced it starts in two weeks, Sunday the 7th of June. So that means, using the best reality parlance, the game changes again. <laughs> Ooh. And, of course, it means that we're going to have MasterChef up against Big Brother up against The Voice for the early part of the week. So, you know, I, I don't think we'll see numbers anywhere like, you know, 2013-14 with it because the nature of the business has changed. Um, there will be so many eyes peeled on the ratings on Monday the 8th and Tuesday the 9th to see what those first couple of nights of Big Brother ratings look like because I suspect there'll be heaps of people tune in to the first one and maybe not so many tune into the second and subsequent episodes, but we'll see. Um, hold your bells silent. In the morning... It's congrats to Lisa Miller, Michael Rowland and the ABC Breakfast team who celebrated their ninth week, ninth week in a row, in second in the Brecky battle. That's almost half the ratings year. Sunrise continues in a reasonably distant first with today nipping at the ABC's heels. Sorry, that's where the bell should be. Put the bell wherever you feel like. That's a the <laughs> breakfast is in a really interesting situation because today and ABC Breakfast, uh, ratings wise, almost mimicking each other, broadly speaking. Monday to Friday, they are just following similar trend lines. The catch is that ABC Breakfast is on average twenty to thirty thousand viewers more than today. Extraordinary. In that seven to nine AM time slot. Um, two twenty is the magic number, and twice it dipped below that last week once. It went below 200,000. So that's not good news, but we'll see how they... Mind you, it's not all great news in Sunrise territory. They're doing fine, but they've dipped below that 300 pretty solid. You know what? Um, but that's, that's not up. the story. Sunrise are kicking goals. They're so far in front. Yeah, yeah, they're doing The great. story is ABC News Breakfast is now the number two breakfast show. That's amazing. Well, and what we are starting to see is that overall breakfast numbers are dropping. Mm as everyone is going back to school slash back to work. So, you know, where that ends up, it may be that today lands back in second and that's phenomenal, but what a run for ABC Breakfast. Nine weeks, and I'm going to tell you, I'd expect there'll be ten that they've landed in second this year already. Mm. That's it. Numbers, questions, people, what do you care about? (laughs) 
Well, I'm always a fan of breakfast TV, so I always love hearing those numbers. But um, I think the I think the primetime ratings are fascinating. The voice came back very, very strong. And it will be interesting, as Ben rightly says, to see what Big Brother does up against it. It's got its work cut out for it. It's got two solid shows that it's competing against. So we'll see how it stacks up, really. How did the voice yep. get around um, getting their uh, judges back? These are all pre-recorded episodes. These uh, ones have already right been recorded. It was recorded end of last year, started this year, so that's the blinds. We haven't yet seen MasterChef this week got serious about the coronavirus-affected stuff. The voice is way off that yet. Okay. But you um, are right, Sarah. We don't take... know if they're going to do it remotely or jet back and quarantine and then appear, but there won't be an audience for those live finals. No, it'll be lots and lots of empty rooms, yes. which will be tough, and lots of Skype sessions for coaches. But they're paying the... them enough. They should go into quarantine for two no, weeks totally. and be here uh, in the country. Absolutely agree. Uh, for the live shows, A little sure. shout-out. We should mark the fact that a rugby league is coming back to television. As is AFL. This yes. week. No, AFL is in... No, yeah, but AFL oh, sorry, not this week. June. Apologies, Mark. So what impact that has remains to be seen, but there must be a lot of people who want the return of sport and they're not all senior TV executives. <laughs> well, there will be truth? lots of people champing at the Thank bit. you very much for that programming wrap, informative as always. Now... Right, I didn't get to say this earlier, but quite seriously, I'm uh, starting up a GoFundMe. We're going to find either a professional voiceover artist or buy a sound <laughs> no. effect. Won't cost is much. Vincent Price but we just need this isn't a money issue, Mark. This isn't a money issue. This is a fun issue. Ben, I'm sorry, the TV Mark, Black Vault is open. <laughs> well, considering it is open, I'm going to do something that uh, we're all familiar with, and that is the game has changed. <laughs> because this time I'm going to be revealing three stories and next week I will reveal what, like, so we can include people because people often write to me and say, oh, I don't like the segment because I never get to find out. So I'll read out my three as I do every week, but next week I will reveal the answer oh, to one wow. of these three. That's huge. So re- Goodness me. I will reveal that answer with the most popular tweet or question that I get slipped into my DMs. Uh, yes, I do like attention, and yes, I figured out a way to get it. Um, all righty. <laughs> just alert the lawyers. Yeah, I'll, I'll be betting yeah, this one. Yeah, Don't worry, yeah. Brookie. <laughs> Number I'd one. I'd like to welcome you to our new segment called Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is for uh, available for purchase on uh, iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, come on. I already have people messaging me every week saying that they tune out for my last segment. So I've got to get this show on that. the road. No way. This is the best thing of the whole podcast. I think everyone tunes in for it. That's why I put yeah. it at the back of the show, Ben, because it's the pull through. Yeah. Number one, a TV network decided to release a statement to deny a massive rumour, but time was not their friend because it was only a matter of time before all the little piggies would begin to squeal. Ooh, cheapest. A reality- Is that the one you're revealing? Yeah, apparently. I'm going to wait till it gets. I will be waiting to see where the votes come from, but I will reveal oh, one did of you these. Say, sorry, are you only revealing one of these next week? That's right. The one that I get the most requests for is the one oh, that I okay. want to 
Goodness me. A reality TV contestant has taken to their socials claiming to block people who won't let certain storylines go from their all but forgotten TV experience. However, is this person guilty of keeping storylines alive by constantly posting about these faded storylines? And that has me wondering, should she just block herself? <laughs> Look, to oh, be fair, to, be fair to Yasmin, she only got four episodes. She didn't get married, <laughs> so she needs to do something. Okay, well, well, we'll wait to see if people vote to hear the answer of that one. No, I'm, I'm at number one so far. While Australia tuned in to the Masked Singer Series 1, it is believed some producers may have tuned out for one series too hopeful. Yes, one potential singer was believed to be a shoe-in for the second series, but producers now think this much-loved celebrity isn't a big enough name. Mm. Slim Dusty. (laughs) Is it Slim Dusty? (laughs) I just can't believe that I've just realised I can't read. So uh, I'm going (laughs) to... I'm gonna, I'm gonna do really well on the teleprompter five days a week on ticker jumpstart. Well, if you let Ben know which one you want revealed next week, one, two, or three, Gosh. go to Benjamin J Norris on Twitter and let him know, and uh, he'll yes. not only love the attention, but we'll actually get to know <laughs> next week which one. I'm actually voting for number one. I'll be DMing you very soon, Ben. And that is the TV Black Bolt. And that brings us to the end of TV Black Box. Uh, Malk, Sarah, Brookie and Ben, thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Au revoir. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.